You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. Becoming Me. I am so excited to introduce you to Ben. Ben, welcome to becomingme.cv. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super excited. I'm excited to have you here. It's been fun reconnecting on social media. We're from like the same town and it's been a couple years. Um, so before we dive into your story, I would love to kick everything off with maybe the hardest question that I will ask you today. And that is, who is Ben? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I, uh, I like the way it's even framed, right? Um, because I was talking with somebody just recently about how, especially men, um, usually one of the first questions you ask another man, like when you meet, is like, "What do you do?" And um, I, I love the question of like, "Who are you?" Right? Because it's so much broader than that, or at least it should be. Um, so, uh, some things that I thought would at least be kind of like fun facts. Um, I am a fifth generation Floridian, um, which is where we obviously know each other from, the home state of Florida. Um, I live in Nashville now, but um, I uh, still get to spend a lot of time back home. Uh, my mom still lives four houses down from my sister in Ocala. And, you know, I'm that. back there quite a bit for personal and for for work stuff. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a, in a couple of different small towns, North Central Florida. Um, since then, I've bounced around, lived in North Carolina a couple of times, uh, lived in Philadelphia for a few years, and now Nashville. Um, and then I'll cover some of the kind of the, the logistical basis, and then I guess that'll help us get to... Uh, the, the, the real, you know, kind of meaning behind, you know, who I think I am. Um, but I've had an opportunity to, to work on like a few different cool things, um, which I think are helping me to reveal still kind of who am I based on like, if those things are feeling like they're pulling me closer to who I'm becoming, or, uh, sometimes there are even things I got in the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I worked in full-time youth ministry for four years. Um, I uh, worked in politics, worked on a presidential campaign and for a U.S. congressman and state representative for a few years. Um, and now I do uh, leadership consulting. So in uh, the, the consistent thread that I've kind of uh, noticed through all that, because eventually I'm like, how are all these things going to connect? Right. I mean, and it was just recognizing that, like, everything is about people. Right. That, like, there's I mean, there's like the expression um, nothing significant is ever done alone. Right. And so, uh, you know, it's just recognizing that, you know, you can have the best idea, the best uh, intent, the best strategy even, but if you don't have the right people to implement, if you don't have the right, you know, relationships, the right connections, the right um, focus uh, and intent, I mean, it's, uh, it's likely not to, not to come out. Um, And then, uh, 
you know, another part of kind of my story, I guess, um, is uh, that that's helped kind of make me who I am. Um, was uh, I grew up in a family of there's five of us. Um, older brother was in and out of the house, but there's five of us in my immediate family, and three of those five were permanently disabled. Um, so uh, so yeah, I I uh, kind of grew up with a little bit of a of a uh, I want to say the chip on my shoulder around like kind of having to grow up really early and uh, try to figure it out and be the problem solver in the family or whatnot. And, um, and so that's something that I still kind of, I guess, carry with me, um, around just like feeling the need to like try to provide or protect or, um, you know, uh, yeah. want to like look out for those that can't look out for themselves kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's probably some context around who sense. I am. So are you oldest, youngest, somewhere in between of your siblings? Where do you fall? I was the youngest of three. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But it was my two older siblings were two of the three that were uh, disabled. So um, yeah, it uh, kind of, I was the the youngest, but not the the littlest, I guess, if you will. No, I'm, I'm tracking with you. So two other questions from about you and they totally go with cliches about the cities that you've lived in. So I kind of apologize, yeah. but not really. Yeah. So Philadelphia, are there really like the best Philly cheesesteak sandwiches there or is that overrated? Yeah, um, I haven't seen the demographics of your viewers to know how many people I'm going to offend right now. Um, but I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Philly cheesesteak isn't that complicated, right? There's only a couple of things that go into it. So now there are some good ones and there are some bad ones, but I will say uh, there's a few that in Philly that are really good, um, but they're probably not the ones that people go to the most, right? The, uh, you know, Pat's and Gino's, Pat or Gino, if you're listening to this, I apologize, kind of commercial, you know, they're like the the famous well-known one for the tourists to come and see. Um, my favorite is probably D'Alessandro's up in Roxborough, just outside the city. Good to know. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second question, Nashville. Are you a country music fan? I am. I am. Um, I, I joke cause I'm probably the least talented person in this whole city. Um, because everybody here is really creative and good at stuff and usually really musical or artsy. And that is just not me. But um, I do love music and appreciate music, especially country music. Um, And that was part of what led to the move to Nashville was just a culture that felt like it was more suiting to like my preferences. Um, But it's uh, it's cool because it can be, you know, a Tuesday afternoon and you walk into a bar or restaurant and there's going to be somebody playing live music and they're going to be really good at what they do. So it's just a cool part about Nashville. There's so much life. I love it. No, that's really cool. Well, you know, I mean, you alluded to a couple of parts of your story and I would love right now for you to just take the time to unpack your story. Like what has made Ben who Ben is today? Yeah. So, um, uh, like I said, grew up in, in a small town where, uh, it was actually, it's called Crystal river over on the Gulf coast. And, um, my great grandfather was the first mayor, uh, hey. of Crystal river. Yeah, back in like 1903 or something like that. Um, but uh, by the time like I came along, uh, a lot of our extended family had kind of moved on. So it was just our immediate family. And um, uh, a lot of the stuff stopped, started when um, my dad had a stroke when I was like four. And um, uh, he then had heart issues kind of for the rest of his life and, and for most of my like childhood and upbringing. And, um, you know, that caused a lot of challenges. 
you know, we, we struggled financially a lot of those early years. Um, uh, my parents still did, um, you know, uh, pretty significantly uh, for most of the remainder of my dad's life who passed away last year. Um, and, uh, you know, so that was kind of a, a, a theme was like, you know, kind of appreciating the value of a dollar, recognizing that like stuff's not just handed to you. You got to kind of figure it out. Um, and, uh, but a very like, you know, loving home, you know, uh, my mother's a saint. She's one of the best people on this planet. Um, just very gracious and selfless and giving and, um, thoughtful and, and spirit filled. She's just, you know, she, I, I idolize her. Um, she's amazing. And, um, but then, uh, when I was, uh, right before my 12th birthday, I found my older sister, um, passed out on her bathroom floor one morning and we rushed her to the hospital and found out that she, uh, had a brain tumor and, um, had to go into emergency brain surgery. And I remember, and I, it's funny cause like, you know, I, I went through all of this, but it's not until like years later that you kind of unpack things or like when you try to introspect or reflect or learn to see like, like you start to recognize the role that certain things played in your life that maybe you didn't realize in the moment. Um, you know, uh, the things that it's almost like uh, who you're becoming is like in the moment, but a lot of times you have to look back and realize, well, that's how I became, right? Um, Absolutely. And so that was one of those things for me. Um, because I, looking back, I remember thinking, because uh, I like didn't have a 12th birthday, basically, because it was the day of my sister's surgery. And I was with my brother who was grown and out of the house and um, in a different town than where the surgery was going to be and everything. And I remember thinking, my dad was already sick. Um, my mom, you know, uh, would do her best to try to make ends meet or whatnot. But now she's taking care of my dad and my sister, who's going into this massive surgery, where she only had a 50% chance of survival anyways. Wow. And, um, I remember thinking, okay, like childhood's over, right. Wow. Um, it's time to grow up. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a sad moment. It was just like, okay, that's kind of what you do, right. The opportunity is there. You step into it and figure it out. And, um, you know, now looking back, I, I recognize like that, that did have kind of a, a pivotal role where like the, it's like the, um, the, the thought process and like, um, you know, psychology that things that you had to do is survive for survival as a kid may not be required in order to survive as an adult. So you have to learn how to like turn back the dial some. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me, like I, you know, I became really like kind of serious and like intense and like, you know, just like get it done, like win at all costs, like whatever it takes. So whether that was sports, whether that was school, whether that was, you know, sort of working when I was probably 13 or 14, um, you know, whatever it was, it was just, you, you just put your head down and you get it done. And, um, and as I became an adult that, uh, really kind of, uh, took a toll into Mary's life where, uh, I had to kind of recognize that I was getting in my own way. Right. Um, that same strength that I, I had at one point that was, that helped me kind of get by in certain situations, the overuse of a strength creates a weakness, yeah. right? So, I was leaning too much on that and it was actually holding me back or getting in the way. And so, uh, when I, when I was grad, uh, for graduation, I went to a really small school, but I was like class president. So I had to speak at graduation. I remember my sister was in the hospital during graduation, so she couldn't be there. My dad was fighting a ton of illnesses and, 
So I just remember it being kind of like a decision period when I was like right around 18, heading to graduation on what I was going to do next. And um, I decided to to stay in town and just help my family and start working. So started working full time right after graduation and just kind of put myself through school nights and weekends or whatever I could afford to do. And um, I uh, thankfully uh, got offered a job working at at a, a church there in Ocala um, that was associated with a school I went to. And um, it was a great experience. Um, ended up being there for, for several years, uh, working in youth ministry and college ministry and a few other things. But part of that story, too, was I did what a lot of small town Southern people do. And I got married two weeks after my 21st birthday. Wow. And, uh, you know, like now living in cities like Philadelphia and Nashville, people are like, you did what? <laughs> you know, but like, that's kind of what you do in small towns. You, you grow up, you try to build a family as quick as you can. Right. And um, and, you know, looking back again, that's another example, like I didn't realize at the time, but looking back and um, uh, we were married for about four or five years and um, uh, never thought I was going to be divorced, but you know, that's just kind of how things unfold sometimes. But now looking back, it's a perfect example of where I hadn't learned how to turn back the dial yet. Mm. Right. I was still carrying that like intensity and, yeah. you know, um, just like, like drive and, and, and focus, which again can be a strength, but you know, it's all about how you apply it all about what you do with it. Um, yeah. And so that's an area where I still constantly have to work on, right? I'm, I'm so pretty intense person, right? I'm a, uh, a D on the disc assessment, um, right. eight on Enneagram, like whatever, you know, personality assessment test people like to use, um, you know, so I can still be really intense, but that's definitely something I'm working on and paying attention to. And so, uh, yeah, the, you know, rest of the story would just be like, I mentioned some of what I've had a chance to do, but um, you know, now I am uh, at a place where I get to uh, be a part of growing this company that we're working on and um, also recognizing that there's more to life than just um, business, right? There's more to life than just accomplishments or the metrics that you you think. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm sure that's probably something we'll get to. So there's a lot of context. I don't know if that's oh, too oh much. Oh my goodness. I already have a couple like follow-up questions I want to ask you. And I want to start with, are you a coffee drinker? I am. Okay. I How am. do you drink your coffee? Black. Best way to drink it. Great. Okay. It is. So you're having a cup of black coffee with somebody and you're trying to encourage them on their own becoming journey to be who God made them to be. What would you say? Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big believer that there are a few things in life that are like one size fits all yeah. that like, that there's like a silver bullet. And if you just figure out that one thing, it answers every question about what you need to be. Um, so I think like, there's a lot of areas of, of scripture and of faith that are uh, very clear, very black and white, right? There's, there's undeniable truth, but there's also a lot of areas where even that truth can be applied very differently mm -hmm. in, in different people's lives or in different context right um i've like i've never been a big fan of like hypothetical questions because it's like it's not real right i mean like if it was real i might answer it very differently than i might in a hypothetical right. Right. um but uh you know but the uh the the concept of like you know how do you kind of guide somebody through that i would initially start with just you know are they spending the time with god are they pursuing walking in the spirit spending time being fed by the words, spending time in prayer, 
to really feel like they're hearing from God because you can do all the right practical self-help things you want to do, but ultimately if it's not, you know, coming from the voice of God, it's still going to be lacking, right? There's still going to be um, a lot of room for human error. Um, but thankfully, you know, we also serve a, a merciful, gracious God. And I do believe that he gives us a lot of free will to choose our own path because there's a lot of different things we can do that can still serve him. Mm-hmm. Um and there's areas where like he needs us to do something specific to accomplish something specific. But I think there's also a lot of areas where he knows what we're going to do, but he's still okay with us choosing a lot of different routes to get there. Yeah. So I think for me, answering that question for somebody would, would kind of just start with learning about their context, learning about the situation, mm-hmm. and then trying to help make sure they're actually hearing from God. Um, and one of the things I mentioned too, I, uh, I remember one of my mentors uh, when I was younger uh, shared this with me and it's always stuck with me that when you're trying to make a big decision around like, do I go A, B, or C, rather than sitting and waiting for peace, right? Or waiting to be led towards something. Don't be afraid to like take a step towards an option and then see if you feel peace or take a step towards the other option and see if you feel peace. Um, Because sometimes, I mean, the, when you're, when you're just stationary, it's, it's tough to, you know, have just a door open. Right. right? And so, uh, Yeah, I think, um, I think it is definitely that combination of like, you know, not being afraid to take action. um, Because, you know, there are a few things in life that, you know, can't be undone or that, you know, are going to haunt you forever. Um, But then also like having grace for yourself that life's not always easy, or simple, right? It's super complex. And there's a lot out there and just uh, try to put the, the, you know, one foot in front of the other and make each decision you can. Well, that's really good advice. And, you know, something you mentioned in your story was turning back the dial and really looking backwards and seeing maybe some of the things that you need to unbecome to become who God made you to be. Mm-hmm. If somebody was listening right now and they're like, how do I even start? Like, what does turn back the dial mean? How do I do that? What are some tangible ways that someone can turn back the dial in their own story? I think, uh, I think a lot of it starts with taking the time to really, you know, um, I'm, I'm a big believer in like beginning with the end in mind, right? So like craft out almost who you want to be, right? Yeah. Um, not always like what you want to do or, or whatnot, but who you want to be, what do you want the end goal to be? And how does that align with what you feel like God's called you to be? And then, um, and then kind of take inventory of where are you now, right? What are the areas or categories even in life that are kind of getting in the way? Um, you know, I often think about like the analogy of like a GPS, right? Whether it's on your phone or in your car, it needs to know like where you are and where you're going. Yeah. And once it has those two coordinates, it can give you turn by turn directions. But I feel like so often we either get caught up in one or the other, mm-hmm. right? There's people that are dreamers that just think about the future, but yeah. don't ever reflect on where are they today. And then there's people who are like, so critical and, 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 you know, perfectionist even, or so introspective that they spiral and don't think enough about, well, each step still has to go towards the direction that you're trying to to go in. So I think thinking about both of those things, um, hopefully helps to reveal some of those areas that you could focus on. Oh, that's really helpful for sure. Cause it's so easy to whichever category you fall in, you do get stuck. You're either stuck dreaming and you don't take those steps of action. Like you talked about, or you're stuck just 
introspecting all of it and you don't take steps. So being able to put both of those plots in like the GPS map, that's a great analogy. Um, and beginning with the end in mind. I love that. Um, you know, if somebody was watching your story and they wanted to connect with you online on Instagram, social media, follow your journey, where could they connect with you? Yeah. Um, Instagram is probably the platform I'm on the most, uh, you know, LinkedIn is an easy way to get a hold of me too. Um, and, uh, and if any part of my story kind of resonates with someone, or if you have questions or even want to just talk through or, or, you know, um, you know, hear more, feel free to, to reach out. I'm always happy to encourage wherever I can. Absolutely. And you guys, we will have all those links in the show notes. You can easily connect with Ben. Ben, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story, who you are, who you're becoming. Like I'm cheering you on big time. And I just thank you for sharing today. Well, thank, thank you, uh, Emily. And likewise too. I mean, uh, on the, the, the platform to be able to do this, uh, I'm sure you're having an even bigger impact than you ever even realized. So that's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv.